Welcome to The Board, a podcast series on mechanical keyboards by the mechanical keyboard community. Proudly brought to you by Idea23. Awesome caps at great prices. And Kibio, the place for split keyboards. Good evening, Kevin. Yeah, good evening. Finally, I'm back with a fixed laptop. A relatively clean schedule for Saturday, and uh, my proper mic set up. So, and <laughs> with the proper mic selected on an Audacity, that's just well, like the cherry <laughs> on the icing on the cake, ice cream. I suppose. I suppose cherry is relatively appropriate. You could have said the uh, the gator on and the kale on top. The the kale, <laughs> the kale smoothie. <laughs> The uh, the Otemu on top? I don't know. I suppose if you were going to make a dessert, what switch type would you use? Hmm. Cherries. <laughs> <laughs> Probably panda. Holy pandas. Oh, panda well, meat. You'd, you'd probably get in trouble with uh, a lot of the conservationists about that if you wanted to. You know, that would be such an out-of-context conversation. You know, if you were sitting in a cafe with people and... You're talking about, you know, taking pandas apart or, or like, you know, modifying a panda. They'd be like outraged completely. Yeah. And then you talk about eating them. That's even worse. <laughs> uh, how have you been? It's been a couple of weeks. So uh, what's happening in, in lovely Southeast Asia where you are? A lot of, a lot of rain. There was that uh, huge huge um what is it tsunami but that didn't really affect affect me at all uh, did you get hit by that uh hurricane mongkut no i didn't just just your general like monsoon style rain <laughs> <laughs> but it's like every day like i really can't complain that much because every day i leave my condominium and i take a taxi to the location where I work and that process, like the only time I'm at, like I can get the taxi directly from my condo. So I'm under like the covers then. So it doesn't even matter if it's raining and then they'll drive to where I work and I have to walk outside for all of like 30 seconds or less. And then I'm inside and I'm not outside till I finish the work day and then once I finish the work day I can walk under like the covers they have they set up like little umbrella things to wait for a taxi to get home and then the taxi takes m- me home and then I'm under the cover of the condo like I just it's really not that bad it's not unmanageable at all for my but, situation but what about like when you go shopping and stuff though ah uh, well so actually I'm really lucky because my condo has a connection to the local public transit, which I can walk under the covers from my condo to this little walkway, which takes me to the public train. And that's all covered walkway too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, and they actually just finished that. Like when the rain season started, like after I had moved here, but before the rain season started, so it's like the perfect timing, and I've gotten a lot of utility out of not getting drenched. <laughs> Have you ever been to Calgary in Canada before? I've okay, I've been to Canada for like all of like an hour when I was getting on the boat for a cruise. <laughs> I was like, you're getting on a boat to go to where? But all right. So the only reason why I'm mentioning Calgary as a related topic is when I went there a few years ago. Uh, it was the first time I'd actually encountered the concept of being able to go from point A to point B without being outside. Now, I know like in South Korea, they have like, uh, I think it's called the Coex Mall, and it's like the world's largest underground mall, which, okay, sure, that's a singular built purpose type of construct. But in Calgary, they actually have signs on the street that can direct you inside the buildings that allow you to essentially traverse the entire city. So from what I've been told, without going outside, because the buildings will have weird connections on different floors in different ways 
that essentially you just pass through other people's random buildings that they that they have passageways and and walkways and stairs and stuff that they let you do it so you don't have to be outside in like the freezing cold or really bad weather i think that was actually really cool that's the same as i want to say minneapolis one of my co-workers told me that when he visited there like it's freezing but you never go outside because the the buildings have walkways to connect each other yeah because like minneapolis st paul gets to like minus 40 degrees celsius something stupid so and i've actually been there but i've not done that sort of full traversing thankfully when when i went to calgary it was actually summer but it was still freaking cold it was august and it was like cold and my wife's cousin uh, who actually lives there and who were visiting was just like oh yeah it's it's really nice <laughs> we're like well, what this is meant to be summer <laughs> but in a way australia we do not that so much but sort of what you're talking about with walkways for shade purposes a lot of schools now will have walkways that are undercover from building to building just because like in in the space of for high school at least if you got to walk five minutes from one building to the other side of your your school like you can get sunburned in the height of summer if you don't have shade or sunscreen on so do you get very very fair-skinned people using umbrellas to protect their skin I don't think you'll catch many guys using umbrellas. Girls might, but then I've never actually seen that at school since I went to an all-guys school. But walkways walkways is a thing, and people will sit and just camp under walkway benches to eat their lunch, and no one wants to go out and play in the middle of summer because it's just insanity. So libraries get very popular because they have AC. Yeah, and it's free. <laughs> Well, school libraries anyway. But uh, So, it's been a couple of weeks. Has there been anything that's happened in the last couple of weeks, discounting the kind of things that we have this week, that you want to go over quickly before we move on to the fresher topics on hand? Um, nothing callback other than, as I mentioned in the last episode, now I do have my keyboard collection with me over here. But that's excluding two keyboards, which is I have a Datadesk keyboard, which for those of you that don't know, is a really cool Alps keyboard, which has the 60% section, the arrow key navigation cluster, and then also the number pad in three separate uh, like sections. And you can rearrange them in whichever order you want. And so I have that, co- that keyboard still in the United States with the Bipaha from Pluggable, and he's going to be helping me resolve that project, but I'm not sure what switches I should put in it or what I should try. So if anybody has any recommendations on interesting ALP switches, which are lightweighted or interesting combinations of ALPs that I could use to put in that, then send them over and maybe I'll give it a try. And then the last, the last project is... I have an M0116, which Austin Pernicious Pony has been working on for me for like, he's been laboring on this for like 18 months now, <laughs> but the, the keyboard is finally swapped from its original Salmon Alps, which are really dirty, to um, Green Alps, which are super, super clean Green Alps, and he's lubed them for me, and he also did a spring swap to make them super lightweighted. And I will be acquiring those two keyboards, probably probably trying to get them um, compiled into one package and then sent over together once I can coordinate that. But yeah, those are the two the two new projects that I have going on. I was gonna say, like the shipping is gonna kill you. Yeah. Since since like the M zero. 116 is not a light keyboard at all and i oh i would imagine the data desk is also not a lightweight keyboard the only the, yeah the other the other thing is i'm planning on trying to get my computer sent over and the price of that is like the same as a flight ticket <laughs> to like ship it i'm like <laughs> there, there has to be a way to do international shipping if i it's called sea freight and then that that's like, three months I mean, I could wait three months as long as it's safe, right? Is it insured yeah. and stuff? 
So, so you can, but essentially whoever is packing it, it's going to have to pack it very well because it's going to go inside a shipping container with a whole bunch of other things from other people. And the reason why it's not going to be three months of actual travel time, that three month kind of window also includes that they have to wait until a shipping container is filled before they'll put it on a ship. And then when it gets to the other side, it's got to go through customs then it's got to be unpacked and then sorted before then it's forwarded on through, you know, your local mail delivery system. So they can hit so, me with like 10% taxes on the estimated value that they came up with for my 30 <laughs> year old keyboards. <laughs> well, if it's personal goods and it's labeled that way and they look at it, if they, if the customs inspect it, they're not going to tax you for it because they're like, well, obviously this is old and like, you know, it's not a commercially sold you know, goods type items because it's sea freight is actually quite normal for a lot of people who relocate overseas for non-essential goods because it's just way too expensive to air freight it. But it's just that wait time that's going to kill you. Of course, the risk of sea freight is if your freighter ship has an accident and loses its cargo containers over the side, well, goodbye contents. <laughs> is that real? <laughs> like, what if you it's, send a car it's over? It's totally real. <laughs> How, BMW how do you not know this? <laughs> how do you not know this? Is this Haven't you it's seen a common, the news? It's a common like, occurrence. It is super common. Like, I'm not going to say that it happens every day, but a lot of cargo gets lost at sea because they come off shipping containing ships, or <laughs> shipping container ships actually capsize. I'm not kidding. Kevin, I'm not your, kidding at your all. Your data desk went overboard. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean it went overboard? <laughs> so, so Mitenole, who's my local uh, sort of supplier for stuff that I do content with, right? He works for a company that sells medical equipment. They had a shipment of stuff disappear off the side of the ship and it was washing up on the shores in Australia because one of the cargo ships got stuck on a sandbar in a storm and they lost like hundreds of shipping containers came off this damn thing and he was just like yeah like they've got insurance on it obviously but it's completely screwed up all their orders because you know their goods are just basically smashing up on the rocks of new south wales <laughs> all right don i have a business proposal we're gonna create a company where we go scuba diving for the stuff inside the crates <laughs> it's really dangerous Shipping containers, and I know we're getting super sidetracked here, but, you know, uh, shipping containers are a menace because they float underneath the surface. They are worse than icebergs because generally there will be retained air inside the containers because they're relatively airtight. But due to the fact that they're heavily packed and they're made of metal, they won't float on the surface. They'll actually retain neutral buoyancy below the surface. So large vessels with a deep amount of keel like naval vessels and other shipping vessels actually have a risk of hitting them and ripping their hulls open so whenever an incident well when whenever these incidents happen because these days a lot of them will have gps tracking on them there are dedicated companies who go out and salvage to not get the goods because the goods are usually water damaged by then but to essentially recover the shipping containers so that they're not a hazard Hmm. It's it's a it's a thing, but they're like that. The air inside f- operates like a fish bladder. Pretty much. That's interesting. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's worth the risk. I mean, airplanes can get lost too, right, Don? MH three seven seven thirty three seventy no seven thirty right? MH Yeah. Oh no. There there is no safe way except for you to put it in your hand luggage and bring it home and of course then you would yeah. have to and both then fly have... or be in a ship, so <laughs> And and then hopefully that ship doesn't lose you overboard or the plane doesn't go down. <laughs> oh, how morbid. Well, I'm glad at least that uh, your projects are reaching conclusion. And while we're talking about projects, I guess, uh, today I saw a post, and it's not something that's really on the topic list, but it kind of was like bugging me a little bit. 
so Bishop Keyboards, uh, what's his name? Seven, seven something? Do you know the guy uh, I'm talking about? Is this, wait, is it Seven Sins? Seven Sins? Yeah, okay. I, I, so I think so. Yeah. So, so he put up a layout and I was like, oh no, he's going to, he's going to pip my own layout. And you know about this layout, right? I've shown it in Slack and I've also shown it in Discord and I've been working on this layout for, for months now, but I just haven't been able to get the resourcing around to prototyping it. And I want to just put it out there that I actually have a very similar layout to his split ergo that has the numpad in the middle. Now, I know it's not unique in the context that a lot of people do exactly what he's done, which is if they use a split keyboard, they put a numpad in the middle. I use my clone of the VEA at work, which is also split, but I actually don't have a numpad by itself. I have my fan pad and I've been playing with the content idea of, of doing exactly what he was saying, but as a solid keyboard. My design is actually different to his in that I don't have thumb clusters and my function row is also split. So it's it's much more standard rather than what they've done with it. But I have a twist in what my numpad does, which is slightly different as well. So I'm not saying that we're copying each other and there's really no risk in that and I'm not competing as it were, but I just wanted to be out there that if I do put up pictures and stuff like that, I am not taking it as a derivative from Bishop Keyboards. We were just so happened to be simultaneously developing these ourselves, but I just didn't put it up on Reddit because, you know, I prefer to take things up to a certain actual physical working level. Um, so if anyone out there has cheap, affordable laser cutting services that they can offer me that's better than, you know, Ponoco and LaserGist and stuff like that, I'd love to hear from you. Or if you want to help me out, I'm happy to send you, you know, the KLE and stuff like that and then and, and work with you because I was going to hand wire this, not do a PCB yet because I wanted to test how it felt before I went down that PCB route. So anyway, that are you was sure, just me. Are you sure this isn't Cryptomnesia, Don, where you forget that you stole his layout idea? I have timestamps on my on my save files. <laughs> okay. As as a as a matter of fact, just because you've said that, I'm going through my folders right now and I'll tell you the earliest date of when I started this layout. The earliest date for this plate layout. Let's have a look at this. But yours is called the Flying Australian. No, it's not. Also also his name is S E seven or S E number seven E N nine zero five seven. Just as a correction, because I totally <laughs> butchered that. So, so the first concept of this started in March, and my final current status of it that I want to get laser cut was the fourth of September. Okay, so it's actually been six months of bubbling away and stewing away and you know actually trying to get something to happen to where i was happy with it to actually want to get it laser cut but uh i'm actually calling it the down bubble because there's a little bit of a strangeness to it in that it's actually going to be a negative angled keyboard so that's a yeah. cool idea yeah negative keyboard sounds comfortable so so if the plate and the layout comes together and I find that it works, then I might ask you, Kevin, to help me with the actual case design and stuff like that. And then maybe we can get a prototype going or something. We'll just have to see how that how that plays I'm out. I'm ready. I'm ready for the challenge. <laughs> All right. Now, this week in keyboards... Oh, dear. Channeling Huey there. Um, <laughs> has actually been really light on unusual or, or topics that we would normally be picking at. Like there's there's the usual 900 odd threads of stuff that's happening, but I'm not going to say that they're boring, but they're not really stand out. It's a lot of, you know, hey, I've got this or I've got questions or I've had spills or this key's not working. How do I or program nice, this? There's a, a few really nice pictures of new key sets or new keyboards, but that's pretty much yeah. it. And, and, you know, for example, like we don't really have to talk about 
stuff like Ramaworks and, and Koryu because it's already got so much attention out there anyway. So it, it was a bit of a challenge to sort of dig through and find some interesting things to talk about. So that's kind of why we're being pretty casual today and we're just catching up and having a good time because, you know, the two of us, we actually haven't had a good chat for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. And the one, the last one we had was pretty hectic because I was foreign con- corresponding it up again. <laughs> Now, so, <clears throat> a couple of things I put in, a couple of things Kevin put in, mm-hmm. and uh, we've also Kevin got some who? competition stuff that we're going to be rolling uh, for this month. So, where do we want to start? Um, Wait, we got to back announce that topic, the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, I'll pick the first one. Uh, what about talking about a new interest check for a Switch concept by the Switch guru, Heroin Bob, HB Heroin Bob? Is that really a Switch concept, though? It's a uh, stem, right? Well, he so his plan is to re-engineer an Aristotle stem to, I guess produce it and he's going to try and improve it a little bit and the improvements which he's stated would be that the crosses would be the correct dimensions for no popping off of caps now would they be the correct dimensions to to snap some snap some caps like our boys at never mind (laughs) (laughs) never mind uh, he said the bases will be the correct dimensions and tolerances no need for Gateron Clear or Cherry Factory Black Tops. And the color of the stem is up to the community, which means it's going to be magenta. <laughs> hey, it could be something completely out there that nobody's ever used as a color. You know, it could be like, I don't know, potato colored. <laughs> You're right. Good idea, Don. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also did post some interesting stuff about how he said tactiles and linears are primarily in demand in North America, while click switches are more popular in Asian countries, which is like an interesting insight from the switch guru, which I didn't actually know about before. I did find that interesting, but it doesn't really surprise me because, and I know this is stereotyping, and it is, well, I'm not going to say it's racist as such, but... <laughs> Asian people like to be loud. Like, in conversation, when they get excited, they get loud. Like, you know, you can hear two people talking in Chinese, and they're very loud. And they're not having an argument, they're just excited. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I've been on public transit with, specifically to people, two two dudes speaking Chinese. And I was like, do they... Do they know that they're being incredibly loud and everybody else is not making noise, like train <laughs> etiquette, and they're just yelling at each other? And they didn't. They didn't. I was with them for like 12 stops, like 40 minutes. <laughs> so so having cookies actually doesn't surprise me at all. And me being Asian, living in Oceania, I love my click switches. So that fits right into that schema. But the but Japanese is- trains are... All right, I think... Mean, I think the they're, Japanese they're super people quiet. Don't count. They're very yeah. polite, yeah. But Japanese people get animated just as much and they get just as loud when they're in socially acceptable places, like when they're drinking or in clubs and stuff like that as well. It's just that in public they're much more reserved. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't I haven't been to Japan yet, but I am looking forward to getting there. Now would you get these? Because I know you're not a click person, but a click would you person. be interested in getting no. them? And I also don't want to have DIY only switches. I don't know. It just doesn't really appeal to me. I'd rather have like set units that are meant to go together and then work from there. So the this is where it's really weird because Heroin Bob has a massive network and connectivity with the switch manufacturing world right he he does otemu stuff 
is, you know, gone and got those uh, Sky Teal tops done. It's got Polycarbonate V2, um, the Otomo Ice ones done. And now he's looking at doing Aristotle style stems. There is really no reason why, if there was sufficient interest, he would not be able to actually go to his manufacturers and just go, hey, let's make this like bam it's almost like saying to a manufacturer we're going to do holy pandas well we'll do an aristotle version of like a holy panda and it'll be an amazing switch because we'll have really great tolerances on a clear top with this really super clicky tactile stem and then obviously other components that is required to to make this happen i just don't know why that hasn't happened yet um i don't know from what i've seen he's like He's he's mostly like use the products that are available to make cool switches like combinations or he kind of maybe he's helped with the development of like some of those like I don't know they're called the ice ice switches is it yeah Oetmu yep. ice the Otemu ice yeah I, yeah I think he like put some input in for those and he was helping like sell them a lot earlier on but yeah I don't know and maybe he just like hasn't had the inspiration to create his own but even then this one that he's creating is supposed to be a improved version of a pass switch which i don't know i don't like it's still not anything new too much so hmm yeah well it's it's keyboards i mean there's not really a lot of space to go into new not with areas. that attitude there's not <laughs> Well, we haven't got that far from typewriters yet. We're only a couple of hundred years. Give it give it another couple more and, and we might see something amazing. Alright, alright. I think that that's probably all my input on that topic. What about you, Don? No, I'm I think we're good. So if you're all interested right, so, in yeah. in these Aristotle style click stems, make sure you head over and let Heroin Bob know on his interest check as well. All right, cool. All right, the next topic, you want to select this one? Um, I well, got it. Yes, All you right. got it. There is a new keyboard that's on my radar. It is called the Dolce CR. It's a retro 65% keyboard, which is styled after the Dolce keyboard, which was, um, it was a, cherry mx blue plastic case keyboard which was meant for a interesting computer terminal and it actually came with um legit cherry thick double shot keycaps in the dolch color scheme so that's where the dolch color scheme came from if you hadn't ever hadn't ever found the origin of that but the case was really cool um the dolch case was it's a flat big plastic 1800 style case However, this guy has taken the, I guess, like the inspiration of that case and brought it into a 65%. And he's kept the, I would say maybe they're almost, they're almost like little vent cuts at the top, which kind of are like a half circle across the top of the keyboard. And he's added those into his design, which has been cut out of aluminum. And I really like that he added those in because... It definitely like it definitely looks like a Dolch style keyboard case design. However, there are some some critiques I have of it, but the biggest critique is really that his case is angled. And first of all, I don't like angled cases, and second of all, the Dolch OG case wasn't angled. So um, that's that's like the. The biggest thing that I really just kind of like, I, I get it. Like angled is more popular than not angled, and it looks cooler. But it's not. I don't know. I'm not like I. I don't know if I can use it because of that. Well, it's not a very aggressive angle to start with. Uh, it's not like super crazy or super high. Maybe four percent. You think? It's it's actually quite flat. If you look at it, it actually looks really flat. It's not anything crazy angled like a, a tofu or anything like that. But you got to remember, this is an inspiration, right? So it's paying homage to the Dolch style. So 
it's it's acceptable for it to not be perfect replica. The thing that bugs me about those cuts, those vent cuts, is it's cool in the render and it looks nice, except they're not actual open cut. Okay, and, and what I mean by that is if you're copying the style and purpose of it, if they were designed originally for vent for ventilation is in early computers and electronics generated heat to a relative extent, you know, resistors and stuff like that back in the old days. So they had these slots. They could have actually taken it a little bit further and actually made them vented. That top piece, they could have actually cut them so it went into the internal cavity of the keyboard in some way. And I think that itself would have added more style points to it than just some lines that were cut into it. Okay, Quick well, glance, wait it up looks a second. Great. I, have a, I have a critique of your critique. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like in the original keyboard, it does have vent style cuts, but they don't go deep into it. I think they're mostly style rather than function, or maybe they help to vent some of the heat from the computer itself once because the the Dolch keyboard kind of like latched onto the screen part of the system and closed. So maybe they added a little venting there or maybe it was completely for style, but they are the the Dolch OG cuts are non venting, not like deeply cut. Right. Well, okay. Then that's fair. Yeah, it, it, I, the, it would add angle... more cost, though, I would say, to the production of these things, because that's obviously more machine time involved. Yeah, for sure. Do they have an estimate of how much this is? They didn't post that much information yet. You've um, got to go to their Discord, apparently. Yeah, I don't really do Discord. What? <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, that's going to be a no for right now. I don't want to join their Discord. But it, lo- it looks like it's the a- ALF people, yeah, which they did oh. They did a 60%. It was like a HHKB style. Was it called the Aries? I think I so, think, yeah. It sounds I very familiar. I remember like, scoping it on Taobao a long time ago. But yeah, I, I never heard too much about it. But I, I think this one is cool. It's a really cool idea. And the top piece... It's surprising. Like, the keyboard is surprisingly it's very thin. thin. Yeah, yeah, that's, like, it is, like, almost an optical illusion because it doesn't look thin, but it but is that's why I was saying it looks thin. very flat. Like, the angle on it, due to how thin it is, doesn't give that impression that it's very angled at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that's that's true. Well, you know. I think it does look nice and it would actually certainly sit in a lot of people's office environments and fit perfectly. And, you know, me asking a couple of weeks ago about stylish keyboards, this is definitely one that would tick those boxes. Yeah, and just throw some GMK Miami on it and throw throw some throw some Boba Artisans on it and then you got a perfect office keyboard. <laughs> That's very subtle. Nobody will notice it. Yes, nothing like screaming attention with uh, bright pink and teal. <laughs> Vaporwave, bro. Outrun, outrun. So so that is the Dolch CR Retro 65. Keep your eyes peeled for that. That's definitely going to take up a lot of uh, front page, I think, when it does make it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, we're halfway through our typical episode lengths. Shall we have a bit of entertainment? Yeah. Are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel the guessing game tonight is either going to be really brutal from you to me or or it's going to be very pathetic from me asking to you. So we'll we'll see. Mm, Do you want to go it's first? Mediocre. All right, you want you go first this week. All right. Okay. So, for 5 points, I can be purple, white, and yellow. Purple, white, purple, 
white and yellow. Now, I'm going to tell you right now that my my questions, well, not my questions, but my hints are very disjointed, except for the fact that this is either going to be really easy or insanely hard. So, yeah. Purple, white, and yellow. Ah, what is purple? It's all Zelio stuff. Uh-huh. All right, I'm going to say Zelios. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am optically related. I am optically related. Right now, I'm just thinking like switches for some reason. Optically related. And this is why I'm saying it's insanely hard. I am optically is it like CMYK? No. The Pantown PMS? <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't next. Okay. It. I can't now, do it. Now it's so this hard. this three point clue is either going to make it or break it. Okay. Probably going to break it. <laughs> the clue is, and I'd give up forever to touch you. And I'd give up forever. White, yellow, or purple? No, no, no. Not or and. White, yellow, and purple. White, yellow, and purple. What caps or... (laughs) It has to be a keycap. White, yellow, and purple. White. You're so going to kill I... me at the end of this. Oh, man. Is it hyperfuse? No. I give up forever to touch you. Now, for anyone who's actually listening to this, if you that know ha- it, then you would be like, oh my God. But anyway. It has to be like a movie reference that of like a movie I haven't seen or something. Shall I go on to the next clue? Yep, do it. I can be raised with what you go camping with. I can be raised... What you go camping with. Uh, it, uh, wait, is it a dactyl? No. No, it's tenting or something. It's something tenting. <laughs> and the last clue, so realistic for eight minutes. So realistic for... I. This is so hard. I have no idea at all. <laughs> I didn't get any closer. So no one's no one else but you can possibly guess that last clue. How's that? Alright, wait. That last clue is specific uh-huh. for you. Alright, get get hit me with the last clue one more time. So realistic for eight minutes. So realistic for eight minutes oh my god i have is it traffic <laughs> no I are, you, are you done are you are I you cannot. like done this is so hard <laughs> what were you watching um before we started recording the iris video so what did you tell me when you finally unmuted your microphone? That I was watching the Iris video. <laughs> For eight minutes? Yeah. Okay, so did it have tenting? Yeah. The, uh, so, the flower? Is it the Iri- Iris keyboard? <laughs> yeah. That okay, that makes sense. But what is the I give up forever to touch you? It's the song Iris by Goo Goo Dolls. 
I've never heard that, Don. From the movie City of Angels. Never seen that, Don. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so an iris is optically related. Camera irises, the irises of your eyes. That that makes sense. And the flower is purple, white, and yellow. Purple. I guess I just never looked at it. an iris. <laughs> I told you it was either going to be really easy or like stupid hard. And and the make or break with the song line is if you know that, you would know it would be the song Iris. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's either you know it or you don't. <laughs> but uh, now, just for that, just for... I know this is going to be a little bit embarrassing for you, Kevin, but I think it was entertaining enough to, to use as a clue. <laughs> it's shameful. <laughs> I go but, jump on my sword. But uh, so... I came onto Discord and Kevin was already on, but he was muted and I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I was waiting for him to unmute his microphone and it sort of rolled past our agreed sort of start time. And then he was like, oh my God, Don, like you're not going to believe what I just did. And it turns out that he'd come on slightly earlier and he thought he'd check out the, the podcast YouTube channel, and he was watching my latest video, which is on the Iris Tented Kit by Laser Ninja. But he muted his microphone, and he was doing other stuff, and so it was running in the background. But my way of speaking is so me. Like, you can... Like, the way that I talk now, the way that I talk on my videos, the way that I talk off this, it's all the same. I don't change my persona on how I do any of this. He actually forgot that he was watching the YouTube channel and he thought I was actually on voice on Discord recording a video of me reviewing and he was patiently waiting until I finished before he unmuted his microphone. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea how that happened. It just like it went together really well and I was like, oh, this makes sense. I'll just wait till he's done. But you know, I think that's really that's really cute. And uh <laughs> Yeah. So that, so I, I wrote I actually wrote that for you. <laughs> anyway. Ooh. Um That's a good that's a good idea though, using person specific <laughs> riddles. So now you're gonna hit me with yours and uh hopefully I, I won't have to suffer as much as I made you suffer. Okay, so I'm 99.9% sure I haven't done this before, but I've done another one which is really similar. So, tell me if I've done this before. <laughs> but, but if not, people get a refresher. Okay, so this is the, the, the thing which this is, is the most common ALP switches. You mean the Matthias switches? That is incorrect, Don. Okay. So, like... These were... F- yeah? Yeah, it's 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 the... The color. It's the, the, not necessarily the color. It's the series. Oh, okay. This, these were first introduced... This is for four points. These were first introduced in 1983. Are they the SKCMs? Yep, that is the correct answer. Dang it, that was so easy. <laughs> I only know of two... Sorry, I only know of three actual series of Alp-style switches. One is the SKCMs. Two is the... The the Futo, the Fuhuas? The Futuas? The, you know the Chinese ones? Yeah. That are in the Filcos? And then the three is Matthias. So... And I think the SKCMs were the oldest out of all of those. Obviously, not the Matthias switches. So, yeah, that was just lucky. Well, though. the the third the third one was the switches are plate mounted switches only. The fourth clue is their lifetime rated of twenty million key presses, and the fifth clue is their linear, tactile, clicky, alternate action, or double action. How does the double action actually, work? I'm not actually sure what the difference between alternate action and double action is. I'm guessing the alternate action is like caps lock key. What? Well, it's like, so they have a, the, the SKCMs have a lock key. 
like uh, a button which right. he presses down. That's yeah. actually it comes on every M zero one one six. Right. But I'm not sure what that would be the alternate action, right? I I guess I I don't so know. So it's a double action. I actually so I yeah I don't actually know the the wiki page for that one is not so hot. Maybe a double action <laughs> is that it actuates downstroke and upstroke. Oh, that could be it. But I'm not sure which one is that. Hmm. Alps are actually like there's a lot of things about them which aren't super well documented. Um, I've had some really weird replica Alps too, which is like what where were these made? By who? And then the best mystery of all with the Alps is who made the Tai Hao fame best Alps keycaps ever? And why did they only make one keyboard with them? I don't even know what you're talking about. It's like it's these Alps switches which are they they're cherry profile. They look like just like plain beige and white cherry keycaps from like an 1800 and they are like 1.5 millimeter double shot abs caps they're like straight gmk style but they're just alps and they only came on one board which was the taihao fame and i got one well what you need to do is go to taihao and go who made these for you did you make them what happened to the molds I know where yeah, you live. It's, it's so long ago, though. I did I did have, like, a good amount of conversation going on with Taihao because I was trying to do a keycap set with them, but that kind of fell through the cracks. But they're actually easier to communicate with than you'd imagine. Well, that's pretty good. It's never too late to pick up from where you left off, I guess. Yeah, I really want to get on the new level project, but I want to try and do it with less economic commitment for myself because last time i kind of just like i did i like forced the issue and like did it i man moded it but this time i want to try and do it a little bit more group buy-ish or something along those lines not necessarily group buy because i'm not really into those but maybe small run like funding by people or some something not group by, but something a little different. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, while we're still in this space, we've got our two competitions for the month. We are only going to be doing one Idea 23 keycap a month at the moment because we're about to run out of all of those completely, and that should take us to the end of the year. And, of course, we still have our regular Kibio monthly kit as well. So for our idea twenty three, let us uh, know. Oh yeah, go for it. <laughs> let us know what kinds of things that were available in the past, but no longer readily available, that you would like to see come back. And this kind of stems off, you know, Alps switches of rare varieties, things like the Data Desk, you know, the M O one one six, the uh, Dolch keycaps, vintage stuff, you know, or just rag super... caps. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> I don't know if anybody really ever wants those to come back, but Eliangiofolia. Uh, but... <laughs> I wonder what ever happened to her. <laughs> I think I saw her on recently in Key, Cl- Key Chatter. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, the memories. Um, but yeah, so so send through to us at theboardpodcast at gmail.com what kind of things you'd like to see come back blasts from the past. Blasts from the past. Now, for our Kibio monthly giveaway, we wanted to do something a little bit more effort, but something that's a bit more fun. And what we're asking for is send in your best keyboard related haiku now if you don't know what a haiku is it's essentially a poem it's three lines long and it has five syllables seven syllables five syllables they don't have to have a rhyming scheme but if you can squeeze in a rhyming scheme that's even better but that is essentially all a haiku is three line poem 
with five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. So get your thinking caps on right away. Come up with a, a keyboard-related haiku. Send it through also to theboardpodcast at gmail.com for your chance to grab a Kibio kit. I got one, Don. Oh. Hello, I am Don. I like to talk about Keeb. <laughs> I messed up somewhere. <laughs> Thank you for watching <laughs> did i win <laughs> uh, remember, when I, remember when i won the guessing weight for the bag <laughs> well do you remember i remember? do my grab bags but uh, <laughs> that, that was the rifle winner just as well you're not eligible <laughs> now We've only got a couple of other things to throw through, which are really just quick touches. And and this is what I meant. Like, this week has actually been super light on stuff that has tweaked both Kevin and my interests. So I do... I'm not going to say that we're sorry and apologize for content because that's just how the community flows. And, you know, we've had a good time talking. Hopefully you've had a good time just chilling out and, and listening to us ramble on anyway. Who are you talking to, Don? <laughs> These imaginary people who listen to us, strangely. Now, the the first sort of quick skim through, I guess, is that uh, the Cherry official Switch testers have surfaced again. It's not the first All time right. we've yeah. actually seen these. Yeah, they look pretty, and my, my I wanted to give a big recommendation for the people to not buy these and buy Gadron ones instead, because Gadron switches are better. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah just don't buy it even if, if but the, the comments in this obviously say you can't even get this if you wanted to but what i'm saying is you shouldn't get this even if you want to <laughs> it's different it's not the same see the thing is right we know that you can get switch testers from kbd fans and novel keys and a whole bunch of other people make them you laser cut plates and you can buy switches in bulk and fit them out and sell them Cherry make these because obviously they're a big company that do a lot of products. They're very proud of it. You know, made in Germany, etched into the front and all that. Why doesn't Kale do a switch tester? They do so many switches, right? They could put one of these together themselves super easily. Why doesn't Gatoron do it? You know, it, it doesn't make sense why they shouldn't be jumping on this and actually offering them for sale. Or promo items. Yeah. Etch in the front, made in mainland China. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, for marketing purposes, for meetups, like they must know the community is just growing and ballooning and just, you know, CES, uh, you know, E3 and all these kind of places. Like they should be bundled with events and giveaways like that Razor do because they, you know, do these kinds of things right like anytime that they're at a trade show they should be pumping this kind of stuff but they're not or at least none of us have seen that kind of stuff so they need to up their marketing game uh yeah that was pretty much it just a very light touch it is a very cool looking switch tester i do admit and nothing actually stops you from popping those things out and putting in your own switches either putting in some nice gather on switches (laughs) no man box switches navies Cap crackers. Okay, maybe. Cap crackers. <laughs> Cap crackers. <laughs> Cap cracker special. Uh, okay. cool. All right. Well, that was the topic about the cherry switch tester. Next topic. I just I I saw this and I wanted to post about it and get your opinions. Somebody posted a. The post is titled "Newest and favorite Newest and Favorite Addition to My Collection." Lesson sign three. And it is a polycarbonate Singa 75% keyboard. Round two. And yeah, and it looks awesome. I've not seen a polycarbonate keyboard really besides one of those, what is it, the the TGR 910? I saw a polycarbonate one of those. And then I guess there's that 
the five five percent five degree there's also the, the mxss that's kind of still in production too was that the australia one with the brass plate yep okay yeah well like the, the, i guess there's not that many options and they look really cool and clean and different than metal and yeah i, th- I just wanted to mention it you should check it out if you haven't um what do you think about it don what do you think i think it's got think really clean lines and with lighting it obviously looks great now the picture doesn't show the underside where it's actually got that lion brass insert uh the the singer logo there which looks really cool but what bugs me about this though and you can see it in that picture is the screw mounts it really ruins that clean look because it's just like these tracks on the inside of the polycarp you know what i'm talking about there's like those two things in the middle of the keyboard on either side of the space bar and it just it just it just looks ugly yeah i understand what you mean but don have you ever seen some of those clear game boys it's not the same it is the same, Don. It's not the same. <laughs> they have the same ugly, like, like structural components. I feel... No, I feel that if they were going to do something like this, though, it shouldn't have been a, a internal mount system like this. They should have actually tapped it all the way through so you could see the hardware. So instead of it being like a top surface which is blasted and that sort of rough surface frosted really and then seeing these sort of tracks they should have just done it so it was nice and clean and then you could have had brass hardware that you could see on the top surface and it would have added accents to it i feel like you know that's a missed opportunity there hmm yeah uh i like it this way but if they could do it mountless somehow, I'm thinking like they could maybe do something where you like slide the plate into like a little groove and then seal it from the top section. If they could do something like that, mountless would probably be cleaner looking. But yeah, that sounds really complicated. <laughs> well, it's time to get your design skills on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I could, but. <laughs> <laughs> But am I going to? Probably not. (laughs) Oh, dear. And I guess last and final for this week, Susu Watari. Susu Watari. Have you seen Spirited Away? Um, Yes, I have. Uh, I've seen all. I I watched Howl's Moving Castle, Spirited Away, and Princess Mononoke all one time. They were good. I don't know. So, so what we're talking about is the Mastrop Cross Mateo MT3 Susuwatari keycap set. First glance, it, it kind of says, like, what was that recent Ob- set? Oblivion. Yeah, Oblivion, right? With the colors. <laughs> yeah. And I was just <laughs> yep. like, I don't see how this represents living footballs. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... The, the playful nature what was the description uh um, recreates the feel of vintage keyboards um originally called soot soso watari is a homage to mateo's favorite design house studio studio ghibli who animated films feature fluffy little soot spirits made up of warm gray alphas Almost black modifiers and multicolored legends. This is incredibly similar to Oblivion. <laughs> the more I stare at it, I don't. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it, it's soot, right? Soot is just black, and they just had white eyes. But if it's just straight up soot, shouldn't it be heavy blacks? Because that's like what soot is. I don't understand where the colors come into play here. And I know that he does have in it the monotone set available as well but having that creamy beigey yellow tone in it is it all it almost looks like a darker version of dolch don't you think so it, it looks so similar to oblivion i'm losing my mind over here <laughs> 
But not to say that I'm not a fan of him, and I'm sure there's differences if you put them side by side. But it like instantly comes to mind. Oh, that's like Oblivion. That's a, that's Oblivion. Yeah, and you know, it's it's the MT3 profile, which is fine. There's no issues with that. But I suppose how how invested you get in it with colors, it doesn't stand out very strongly. It's a nice neutral palette. I'm sure it will go with a lot of keyboards and look great, but it would probably go better with darker keyboards as well. The colors do add it, accent, but very much personal. It doesn't preference. really seem to have received as much traction as as a lot of the bigger key sets. I mean, there's a hundred comments on it. And 80 upvotes. I don't even want to look at how many that laser got. <laughs> well, it's probably like a thousand. I mean, it's 25 days left, so it's actually still quite early in the campaign. And the current update is they've hit 100 for the base kit, extras, and the ortho, but the others are actually not yet at that point. Now, Still a month to go, what can I say? Just have to keep an eye out on it. If you're waiting for a, a higher price drop, then then you're willing to pay if it's less than the higher price brackets. So it is going to be a mass drop run, which means it's actually going to be some unknown vendor. So the specs specifically say produced by mass drop and their ABS high profile made in China. So you know that there is potential for shenanigans. Now, I'm not Mastrop bashing here because it's not Mastrop running the factory. It's somebody that Mastrop has put this out to. But is it going to be the same people that do max key stuff and have had issues with, you know, coning or had issues with plastic mixing at different temperatures and coming out in different colors? packaging with scratches and scuffs or kits that had incorrect components or completely incorrect kits so you know Mastrop doesn't get the best rap with a lot of these kind of things i can only hope and you know wish the best of luck for this that it'll come out perfect first time because i think they haven't had the best hit rate for a lot of their drops for keyboards in recent time so but hey we'll find out i suppose does it actually say when the drop uh, i mean it's going to end in 30 days but when they expect that these would be done by once the drop finishes mm, estimated completion estimated ship date is june, june 28 2019 oh, oh my god that's like that's like <laughs> nine months buy away <laughs> <laughs> that, oh that is like that is a child's life to be born away that blows my mind i i'm never waiting nine months for something but it, it doesn't wait nine months for a, it doesn't anything. even make sense because it's like a chinese manufacturer if it was like signature plastics you know the size and scale and how small they are right like a chinese manufacturer if you said to them yeah i'm gonna order like x number of sets and i'm going to hit your moq they'd probably be like yeah we'll get it to you in like a month or two bam they would just punch it out i don't understand why there is this estimated ship date of nine months away well don they're shipping it freight (laughs) trans another three months and if that goes overboard don they're gonna have to send their mastrop's gonna call in the submarines well they'd have to get some uh crowdfunded and built first yeah probably they'll put a put a product up for submarine to receipt to retrieve keycaps from ocean oh dear all right well that that's pretty much it i think we're gonna wrap on <laughs> wrap on the uh, susu watari it is nice you know in a in i'm not gonna say ordinary because it's not ordinary but it is a very muted set I think if you actually put Susu Watari on that Dolch CR, it'd probably go quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely fits that more than a crazy magic force or something. 
I don't think this would actually sit very well on the Singer Polycarb, to be honest, because that clear case with the darkness of the legends on this would give it a very mm, unusual look about it. Yeah, I think that that needs hyperfuse. <laughs> it's a very clear solution to that keyboard design. Got to use hyperfuse on it. Uh, all right. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to throw out there before we wrap for this week? Just that I'm really hungry, so I will see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of The Board. Don't forget, we have an Instagram if you want to see random keyboard-related pictures from uh, me and, of course, our YouTube channel, which we mentioned earlier. We've now actually made it over 2,100 subs, which is absolutely amazing. So thank you, everyone, for all your support. And I'd also like to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters for helping us keep this channel going too. So, until the next episode, happy clacking.